Good evening, and welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your co-host, Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson, along with the Pastor Curtis L. Robinson Sr. Welcome. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Lotus Flower Podcast, being brought to you by our sponsors, which are Tally's Beauty Supply, Rock Dimensional Consultants, LLC, and Jasmine's Fun Fashions. The Lotus Flower Podcast's aim is to empower, educate, and equip our listening audience with culturally relevant, spiritually uplifting educational topics. You know, it's the lotus flower that blooms in adverse situations. It blooms through mud, it blends through the mire, it blows through the all the chaotic environment around it to rise up into a beautiful pink and white flower. The lotus flower, we expound on that because of why the characteristics. The the, lotus, yes, because the lotus flower is a flower that blooms in adversity. So it doesn't matter what you're going through or how you're going through it, you will bloom and you will blossom and although our guests many of them have gone through adverse situations and face personal trauma they are survival yes survivors why because they survive against the odds our guests know how to identify the resources inner strengths that lie dormant sometimes in their spirit, but they're erupted by that trauma or by that chaos or by an unfortunate situation. And when those resilient tendencies erupt, guess what? They actually take those lessons that they've learned from that adverse situation and they begin to grow themselves. And when they grow themselves, they actually began to give out what they've taken in from that first situation. And why do they grow? Because they know that they are actually planted in the soil, which is the Holy Spirit. With that is what allows them to bloom and blossom and become this very resilient person. They're able to be successful and they're able to adapt and adjust to whatever environment they find themselves in the Lotus Flower podcast. That is our aim, and that is the reason that we're here. That's correct, and, correct. And then we have with us a special guest this evening as well. And our guest with us this evening is the Bishop Dr. Robert Locklear Jr. And Dr. Robert Locklear Jr., he was born in the city of North Carolina. He began his spiritual relationship with the Lord, and he was born again in 1977. He received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He's gifted on being a true man of God. He received the baptism on January the 21st, 1978. So he's been a true man of God for quite some time. And in 1983, 
God called Dr. Locklear to the preaching and to the teaching ministry where he has been preaching since high school. Yes, yeah, since high school. And Amen. he holds an associate's degree in data processing from Rutledge University, Rutledge Business College. He has a bachelor's and a master's of theology from the Beacon University Amen. and a master's of divinity from the Apex School of Theology, as well as a doctor of ministry. And in January of 2020, he successfully defended his dissertation and earned his doctorate in ministry. He, his project was entitled, A Model of Pastoral Care for African-American Pastors in Wake County, North Carolina with Depression, which was in partial fulfillment of the leading for congregational change cohort. In May of 1998, he founded the New Birth Apostolic Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. In November of 2010, Dr. Locklear was consecrated to the office of bishop. Yes, bishop becoming a prince in the kingdom of God and a protector of the faith. Amen. Man of God. Now, by the laying on of hands of the presbyters of the FOC and the College of Bishops, and in the same year, he also became the presiding parent of re reporting, repairing the breach ministries. Yes, apparently of repairing the breach ministries incorporated. Amen. Also, Dr. Locklear has traveled ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, both nationally and internationally. He has been around the United States, Canada, NASA, and through the entire South portion of the country. Amen. This is a man of God who has traveled. He's also have been doing revivals, seminars, workshops, television, and radio, and personally converting churches in Nassau, yes, and North Carolina. Dr. Locklear is married and has been married to Lady Carolyn Locklear since 1987. They are blessed with three beautiful daughters, Ashley, Tiffany, and Takari. 
and two grandchildren. Yes, two beautiful grandchildren. One of Dr. Locklear's favorite saying is this, there is a message for the mess age. Yes, yes. there's a message for the mess age. That's excellent. Yes, and he has also has a word for those in the end time generation. You must be born again. What do you think about that, Dr. Pamela? Amen. That is amazing what the Lord can do with someone that's truly a follower of his. And that sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. We want you to know that Dr. Locklear is a friend of ours. Yes, we he call is. him a brother in Christ. Why? Because we met him when the three of us were in the seminary at the former Apex School of Theology in Durham, North Carolina. Dr. Locklear was, um, he wasn't a part of the cohort that I was in, the three-year cohort, but he was, I think, about a year behind my cohort. However, he was coming, and um, as I was uh, probably in my last year, I believe he was in his second to last year, and my husband was in his second year in his studies there as well. And so the three of us met, and we really got along, and not the, only the three of us, but all of us at yes. that at that seminary, we got along as though we were we were family, like almost like we knew each other from before we even came down to Durham, North Carolina. That was one of the best times of our lives. And we met Dr. Locklear along with the cohort that I was a part of and along with the entire Apex School of Theology at that time. And for that, we're grateful. We still have relationships with yes. many of the students and many of the doctoral scholars and many of the professors from that uh, former Apex School of, of Theology that our lives were richly blessed by. So without further ado, we want to bring to you, after we show you a brief video clip of the man of God preaching, we're going to bring to you none other than Bishop Reverend Dr. Robert, Robert Locklear. As a matter of fact, they call me man from childhood. Y'all missed that. And so therefore, I understand that there are times when people will get upset, Brother Darren. They won't understand you. Why? Because you are a man. And when you are a man, one of the first things that he does, after God gave him a job and gave him a wife, God put him in a place called the garden, which was his home. It is there that God has given him what he need to be successful. Every man that is in the world has been given the ability to be successful. And in order to be successful, he first of all has to understand where he's trying to go. And then God gets him and helps me Amen. He gives him and help me to accomplish the goal that he's trying to achieve. A man with a vision that says, I want to take the mountain. And God gave him a good woman beside him that says, this is how we're going to take the mountain. See, man has oversight and God has given the woman insight. Yes. Oh, God, y'all 
tonight and so we want to send out a salute yes, to you sister right. locklear bless we you know behind my husband loves to say behind every good man is is a good woman amen Absolutely. amen and so we want to make sure we put a shout out to your wife That's as right. well god bless you lady after locklear. and we'll be talking tonight about christian marriage christian marriage we know with Christian marriage, the Bible honors marriage. That's the right. Bible looks at marriage as though the way that the Lord looks at his relationship with the church. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a type and a shadow of that. And so mm -hmm. when we talked with, with Dr. Locklear and we said, Dr. Locklear, what has the Lord put on your heart that he would like you to share with our audience? And you said, I would like to talk about Christian marriage. 
And we said, if that's something the Lord put on your heart to share, then we sure that it's going to richly feed our listening audience and us. That's right. So we wanted to that's ask right. you, what does the Bible uh, say about Christian marriage? When Dr. Locklear, when you think about that, what do you think the Bible says about what a Christian marriage is? Well, I, I honestly believe, um, first of all, in order for us to understand anything regarding marriage, there's a law that's called the law of first cause. All right. The law of first cause. And in order to understand any laws, any principles, the laws of aeronomics, the laws of gravity, the laws of whatever speed, the law of light, um, uh, whatever those laws are, we have to go all the way back to its origination of where it started. And God is the author of marriage. And so in our world today, and um, I, I won't use this word loosely, but in our, in our world that we live in, I think that marriage has somewhat become distorted um, mm -hmm. on, many, on many surfaces, on many lights. The, the, you know, marriage has become quite distorted. And so, you know, in order to go back to what marriage is, we have to look at what the originator had in mind when he looked at marriage. And so then you, you ask the question, so what is Christian marriage? So because sometimes even in Christianity um, and those who say that they're Christians, right, then um, we have to look at what that looks like because Christian marriage should pattern after the life of Christ and the aspect of how he lived, how he walked. We know he didn't get married, but how he lived, how he walked, his requirements um, based on what his father had given him. And so then Christian marriage should be patterned after the Bible. The Bible is the blueprint. The scripture is the blueprint. And when we look at the origination of marriage, God is the one who authors it. He's the one who established it. And marriage in and of itself is a covenant relationship. That's what marriage really is. Um, even in our relationship with the Lord, it's a covenant relationship between ourselves and the Lord or between the Lord and us. And so, you know, marriage is in, in marriage in general, marriage uh, meaning between a man and a woman. Um, that was the original way that God had established marriage. That is the only way that God um, views marriage. And that is between one man and one woman. All right. And so uh, the covenant relationships, you know, you look at the covenant relationships that are in marriage and that they are bound by the laws of God as found in the scripture and they're bound by the laws of man as long as the laws of man are in connection with the laws of God. And one of the other things regarding marriage is it is it is for procreation. And uh, that was the thing that you'll find in the book of Genesis and that how that the marriage is for procreation because God tells them to go forth to replenish and to, to bring forth, be fruitful and to replenish. And so marriage is that part um, of God. And, um, you know, I, I like to look at it like this, and that is that, you know, in, in Genesis chapter one, verse 27, the Bible talks about how God created man in his own image. And so marriage then becomes the image of God's relationship on the earth when it comes to the church. And so the marriage and the marriage between a man and a woman 
and the church and as the body of Christ should be seen as marriages and you know the procreation the growth the the moving forth the obedience of the will of God um and so that's what marriage is for the most part you know that is basically what we talk about when we talk about marriage good yeah absolutely so what do you consider the uh the man's role in this biblical marriage that you're speaking about you know because there is this biblical marriage and there's this civil marriage, the, the marriage of the law, but yet there is this biblical marriage. So in the biblical sense of it all, what's how do you see as a as a bishop, as a pastor, as a leader of many people, the man's role? Okay. Um, if you go back again, uh, Reverend Robinson, you go back to, again, the the, the law of first cause, right? And so God creates man out of the dust of the earth, puts him in the garden. And so there are several things that we find that are actually written in the scripture. And one of the first things that, that God does is he gives man the responsibility of, of um, doing several things. The first thing he gives him is a job, right? He gives him the responsibility to take care of his family, which at this point, Adam didn't know. And so in order for a man to go into a marriage, I'm, 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 I'm you know, excusing the, the issues of a person who may have some disabilities or things of that nature. I'm talking about strong, healthy individual. Then they, that, that individual must look at marriage from the perspective of, I have to have a place. So God put Adam in the garden. He places him in the garden, all right? That's his home. Second of all, he gives him a job, which is to till the ground, to turn it over, and to make sure that it is um, doable, that it reproduces and brings forth. Thirdly, um, in, this, in this garden, uh, Adam doesn't know at the time that he's even alone because he's so busy doing all these other things that he's so focused on his job, he's focused on his responsibilities of that job, and to take care of his home because if you notice in the scripture that uh, the lord didn't allow the rain to come because he said he didn't have a man to till the ground he didn't have anybody to take care of the ground but then afterwards you know then god puts him there he gives him the responsibilities and one of the, the first of the first things that he does is he gives him the law he gives him the law of god and so as a christian man his role in this relationship First of all, is to understand the law of God. What is God saying? Because you can't lead your family in a way that they should be led unless you as a man is in position. You've got to be in position. You have got to have yourself, you know, you, you got to have a prayer life. You got to be connected to God. You've got to be able to pray for your spouse. You got, you know, all those things. We think about protection from the perspective of just being strong, you know, men. But there's a spiritual uh, uh, aspect of protection as well. And that Absolutely. comes from, am I right? Absolutely. And, and that, that makes a whole lot of sense. Now that God has brought woman into the picture, what do you feel is her role as oh, wow. a woman to wow. this man that God took out of his rib and created her and uh -huh. her his help me 
So mm-hmm. how do you see her role as his help me? Because what we want to do, we want to bring it up to now. We want to bring it up to the man and the woman who perhaps is not spiritual. How would they interpret and understand each other's role? So let's first of all, let's look at now the woman's role in a marriage. And then from that perspective, for the one that does not see it from a biblical perspective, how can they be that man and how can she be that woman to each other? Awesome. That's an awesome question, Reverend. Um, One of the things, again, I'm going to hit one point and we're going to come to this modern day, okay? Okay. Um, When Adam, the Bible says Adam was put asleep. In other words, he put him asleep and he took a rib from his side and it's called in Hebrew Shaban. So he took the Shabar, which means to cover, right? And he takes that rib and he, he, he forms, I wish I could really deal with those words, but he forms this woman while Adam is asleep and he makes her a whole woman. He makes her a wife, which is an interesting thing. He makes her a wife before he brings her to Adam. The mm-hmm. Bible says, uh, you know, if a man, he that findeth a wife, right? In the book of um, Proverbs, right? Proverbs uh, uh, chapter 18, I believe, talks about whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing, right? Which means that she has already been formed to meet a need. She's already mm-hmm. been formed and developed, glory to God, in her mind yes. to meet a particular need. The struggle came in after the fall. That was the struggle. And sometimes, you know, as we go through life, as we come to this modern time now, her role uh, was to be a help meet, a supporting effort, a a, a meet to meet the needs. I, I talked about it in the sermon earlier, how that uh, women think on uh, all the hemispheres of the brain and how they can really fathom things long before we get it. They already got it and worked it out. But because she's a help meet, if you see the, the potential growth in, in that development that God has created her to be, now he does something in her that she supports this man. She supports him and she, don't, she doesn't lead him. She's not in front of him. She's not under his feet, my God, but she is a help meet that helps meet the need. There are two that, you know, I ask the question sometimes when I'm dealing with married couples or people who are talking about getting married, I say, ask them the question, which is more important, the hammer or the screwdriver? Which of those are more important? And they will start asking and, and, and giving all kinds of answers. But the truth of the matter is, one is not more important than the other. They simply have two different roles. What the hammer can do, the screwdriver can almost do that, but it's going to tear up some stuff. What the screwdriver can do, the hammer can do, but it's going to strip out the hole that the screw goes in. So, but in order for it to function properly, the role is of this particular woman is I am supporting him. Right. Absolutely. Because somebody in our listening audience right now, a woman is asking a question, how do I submit to my husband? And how does my husband love me as Christ loved the church? So how do our audience put that together? What would you say to our listening audience, how each is to help each other? Because the whole purpose of marriage is to bring about a community. 
Uh, mm-hmm. My son, Holy Spirit, the mm-hmm. three in one, just like God said, the two shall be one. Absolutely. So somebody is listening, wants to know, there's a woman right now that's awesome. saying, how awesome. do I submit to my husband? Now, awesome. I'm speaking of a godly man. Now, I'm speaking right. of a man doing the right things. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. on the other side, how do I submit to a man that's not doing the right thing? Wow, that is interesting. That is, that's a challenging question there, uh, but let me see if I can answer in this in this particular manner here. We use terms like roles, or we use terms like submitting, and sometimes those those words people don't like to hear those words. They they don't like that. But the Bible says submit. So the Lord gave me understanding to the term submission and submitting. It's like this. First of all. One thing my wife and I always talk about is we're not in competition. A marriage is not a competition. A marriage is a teamwork. A marriage is about being in a team. And so it's almost like a piston in an in a engine. You know, they have what is called the, the, um, the crankshaft. The crankshaft pushes the piston up. Pistons can't go up at the same times or it'd be out of timing, right? So you have pistons that go up at certain times. And so when we are in timing, that means that we have submitted to the order of the piston. We're submitted to the right order. So in in lieu of of fighting over the word submitting, it means then let's get in order with what God has required of us. And when we're in order, now we talk about a godly man versus an ungodly man. When you're a godly man, the Bible says, husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, he he says, no man doesn't nourish himself. So when you love that woman, you're going to nurture her. You're going to do the very best to make sure she's secure. As a matter of fact, you're going to speak into her psyche. You're going to speak into her mind. Why? Because women are more emotional than men are. And so you're going to learn that level of where she is emotionally and meet that need. You're going to talk on that level that meets the need, whether it's a physical need, whether it's a spiritual need, whether it is an emotional need, whatever that need is, you're going to meet that need. Why? Because you you look at her as being a gift from God. Now, if he is an ungodly man, first of all, that can be a struggle because his viewpoints may not be lining up with the word of God as a woman of God. You have to submit yourself unto him as long as what he requires of you does not go contrary to the word of God. As long as it does not go contrary to the word of God, because once it goes contrary to the word of God, that pulls you out of the will of God. And as a godly woman, you, the Bible says he will be won by your godly conversation. So when the standards of God becomes your standard, when he is not in syncopation with God, then he has to respect that part of who you are as a woman of God. And being a woman of God, he may not always say it to you. He may not always try to convince you that he believes, but I guarantee you when he's around people who who are not Christians and he know he has a godly woman at home, he will tell them, I have a praying wife I have a woman that believes, I have a woman that trusts God. And the Bible says that by your prayers and by your lifestyle, which is your conversation, then you will win him. Amen. 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 Absolutely. Amen. Now that's now that's teaching. 
that's teaching that's bringing it together because it's not just about one person here Amen. it's about two Amen. it's about Absolutely. two being one and Absolutely. the bible says that two come together to make one whole not a half of a man and a half of a woman coming together to make a whole sometimes mm -hmm. i was just talking to someone and i said man i don't my neighbor that just got married i said one whole and one whole come together to make one i said that math doesn't even equal it does it's not <laughs> the way we do math is it because one and one makes two but right. our bible tells us that one and one makes one that's right Absolutely. so that i have to be whole the well person the other person i'm going to be with has to be whole before right. we get together and join ourselves with one another so Absolutely. we wanted to know what what you would um frame as the definition of a christian marriage now we see here on the screen we've got a definition that my husband and i looked up on google and we put it there but we want to know from a godly man what would you say the definition of a christian marriage is or if you don't have an actual definition what how does that look see because you have to take something natural well actually something that's spiritual because most people are thinking naturally yes mm -hmm. so you translate the thing that's spiritual into something natural you need a story or you know because jesus is good at telling stories you know mm -hmm. he got people's attention with stories and he always told stories according to a person's profession or their lifestyle right. or whatever they were into at the time right. so mm -hmm. how you see this and that definition I, definition th yeah. this is interesting because you say you looked it up which is awesome because i actually wrote down um what that would be prior to seeing this and what i said was it is a covenant relationship binding the individuals together by the laws of god and the laws of man and the definition here is christian marriage is a solemn and public covenant so it is a it is a covenant relationship covenant relationship and you you said reverend uh robinson what is one of the stories jesus was the best storyteller you could ever have i mean the best theologian i mean there's there's no theologian from any theological school that can top him i'll say that right. but, but but one, one thing i i found is in the covenant relationship between abraham and god where god walked between the sacrifice and mm -hmm. then the covenant between abraham and sarah is one of the best love stories that you'll ever see even though he said she's my sister which he mm -hmm. didn't tell uh, a complete lie mm -hmm. <laughs> but i always say a half lie is a whole lie right so right, yeah. it almost got him in trouble but what yeah. we see here is you see a covenant relationship that even beyond the age that they were they were still mm -hmm. in covenant relationship so covenant relationship means i understand my part of yes. the covenant my i understand oath. my oath i understand what i have to do abraham mm -hmm. had to understand his oath mm -hmm. amen past bishop now i want you to expound on that a bit more my husband and i were recently counseling uh, uh several couples about a covenant relationships and that we're having 
some difficulties in their marriage to the degree that they were contemplating divorce. So we said about the covenant, we shared with them about a covenant that you make before the Lord and it's not, it is to be broken. So I would like for you to expound a little bit more on the covenant and what you said, what it meant, but can you tell us what a covenant means and to what degree are we to take that covenant to in in marriage is it sustaining through every season of marriage or is there a time in marriage that we can break that covenant and actually walk away wow wow that that is a powerful That's question. question i know but that, that, no I, I mean because we need to hear that a lot of times we don't talk like that we, we don't talk about that. we don't talk about is there a breach of covenant contract? right we don't talk yeah. about it. Right. But the Bible says this, and this is, I hear a lot of stuff that people say, but this is, this is what I believe based on the scripture. Right. So the scripture says that man should not be alone. It's not good for him to be alone. And then God says, for this cause shall a man leave his mother and father, father and mother, and cleave to his wife. These two shall become one. Right. A hole in the hole becomes a hole. Interesting to me. Right. Right. But then the covenant is a contract. It's a contract to uphold the words that are inside of the covenant. And those words that are inside the covenant is, I'll be loyal, I'll be faithful, I'll, I'll be truthful, I'll be mm -hmm. honest, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. They don't want to talk about I'll submit, right? But right. Then even in that, the scripture talks about, yea, brother, you submit to one another, which means you come into agreement with one another, right? Because right. one is right. not always right all That's the time right because right? Right. sometimes right. you know my wife is right and i'm wrong and sometimes i'm right and she's wrong and mm -hmm. if we don't come into covenant of understanding that we will mess the marriage up so now people nowadays i hear people saying well is there divorce divorce is traumatic divorce can be Amen. detrimental Amen. divorce um divorce but jesus gives jesus Amen. gives light on Bishop, I'm sorry. Bishop, I, I've got to interject this, what you said, because the Lord laid this on my heart so strongly. You know, I, I, uh, this is my second marriage. I was married once before for 10 mm -hmm. years. And, and then I was alone, uh, single with the Lord as my husband for a period of 28 years where I was wow. with the Lord and raising my children and was actually celibate that wow. entire time. And I think it praise God and was in ministry. However, I, I was sharing on the on a podcast about that situation. And you know, mm -hmm. it's all under the blood. And since it's all under the blood, I put that under the blood and I don't even talk about that and bring up the bad parts of it. But mm -hmm. the Lord told me to because I don't want to glamorize that, you know, you can get a, a divorce. There's a biblical divorce. And I don't want to, even though the Lord gave a decree for that, it broke his heart. So the Lord told right, me, whenever right. you get another time, Dr. Robinson, make sure you share that part that, that Dr. Locklear just said, that it's a destructive thing. It is hurtful. Right. Mm -hmm. It right. brings trauma. It brings chaos into the home, and it brings dysfunction to your children. However, mm -hmm. my children were covered under the blood. I had three of them at that time, uh, raising them with the Lord, and so they made it. But, but it is a traumatic experience, so I want those under the sound of our voices tonight to know that even though there is a biblical divorce related to adultery and all, 
that doesn't mean that you should walk away and break that covenant because right. there will be there will be actually repercussions absolutely from that, a fallout right. from that there's a backstory of hurt pain trauma and all so thank you for bringing that part out so those under the sound of our voice don't rush out and end your no. and break your covenant no. don't no. do it and no. and especially realize this audience is that when you have children involved in this situation, in this mess, this mess of age, mm -hmm. is we have a situation where the kids are always the one who's going to get affected emotionally more so than the spouse. That's right. Mm -hmm. And we have to come to understand, yeah, God doesn't want that. God right. doesn't want it because god wants the family to stay together i know for a fact as the family goes so goes society that's why society is in such mess and in, in such chaos is because the family structure that god established in the beginning has failed and it's failing but grace be unto god who says that his grace is sufficient. sufficient and so therefore realize this audience is honor god as much as you possibly can and god will see you through so Amen. that's why we wanted to add that point bishop in and can so, i add a point to that allowing us, so go ahead and expound now further now that you have a little bit more insight of where the two of us were coming from on that as well awesome you know what this is this is an interesting because the lord showed me something some years ago a marriage is like taking two boys and you glue them together right and um when divorce comes you tear it apart and a piece goes with each one a piece goes and there's hurt and there's 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 shown trauma on both sides there's destruction on both sides you compound that with children right so there's the emotional part that affects the children sometimes the children will blame themselves for the divorce of their parents now anytime you have either an accident with a vehicle that's not totally destructed or destroyed or you have a slipping transmission or the engine piston goes you don't always just go toss the the vehicle right you go get uh uh either a overhaul or rebuild the transmission and sometimes you have to ask yourself, is the marriage worth saving? Because some marriages, you know, if, if you can work through that, if you can get counseling, if you can, my God, if, if, if you can bring all the pieces to the table, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. When I first got married many years ago, one of the brothers said something to me that was so powerful. I've been married a year and i'm just mad i'm upset like most people right my wife hadn't gone nowhere she hadn't done anything crazy but i'm just upset i'm mad i'm ready to give up on marriage you know what the brother said to me it's been it'll be 35 years in april but you know what he said he said before you decide to walk away ask yourself and ask god have I, when tell god that you've done everything you can do to keep the marriage together you have to say that to yourself have I done everything? Have I gone through the counseling? Not just talking, I mean, literal counseling. Have I put everything on the table? 
have I have I literally did everything that I'm supposed to do to make the marriage work? What about the other person? Are they putting every part into it? And I guarantee you that it's going to take some forgiveness. It's going to take some prayer. It's going to take some, you know, some some humbling yourselves because everybody, you know, have to own up to their part in that marriage. And when you own up to it, then you go back to the covenant part of. Absolutely. Of Absolutely. So what do you think the audience also probably wants to know, then what is the most important parts of the marriage that's truly important to both parties? What uh, do you, you know, I, I think that um, I often tell people this marriage is destroyed because of three reasons and they all hinge on each other. One is the lack of finances. Two, the lack of communication. And thirdly, the lack of sexual activity in the marriage, all right? And anytime that there is a lack of finances or finances are strained in the marriage, a lot of times you, you can't communicate. You can't talk without coming at each other. And if you're coming at each other, more than likely you're not having any sexual activity in the marriage. So now the enemy creeps in, the devil creeps in, and he's feeding off of all this that you're saying Right. And before you know it, you know, you're really not talking. So to answer that question, Rev. Robinson, communication is the key. You got to yes. learn how to communicate. You got to learn how to trust. You got to learn how to that when things are going bad, sometimes you may not be able to talk about it right then. So you may have to table that conversation to another time. But don't forget the conversation. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's very important because there is times in people's lives where they cannot talk about it at that particular right. time. But the thing right. is, don't walk away from each other. That's right. Realize there's another day. This just today. This just that's today. Right. Maybe we're going to go to sleep. We'll wake up. You still may be thinking about it. You still mm -hmm. may have some, you know, some unsettled feelings or issues mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's why you pray before you go to sleep. I heard a long time ago when people say, oh, man, you must have woke up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> no, you didn't wake up on the wrong side. You went to bed on the wrong side. And you couldn't do nothing about it. That's why the scripture says, be ye sin, but sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Be angry with sin not, right. We pray all the time, Lord, I pray for sweet sleep because I need to get sweet sleep. So, And I also ask him before I wake up, give me the strength, give me the wisdom, give me the word. The Bible says that if a man commit his ways unto the Lord, yes, his hope shall be established. That's in Proverbs 16. Mm -hmm. Commit your ways, commit your marriage. And mm -hmm. God give you the words. God will mm -hmm. give you the strength if you mm -hmm. want it. Right. Amen. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I agree what do 100%. you think about that, honey? Amen. I totally agree as well. I totally agree with you as well. Amen. And I thank and praise God that you said that the meaning of marriage was related to the covenant. I love how you brought, how you brought that out. 
how you brought out that the meaning of the covenant, what it meant to be in covenant, why is that important to be in covenant, mm -hmm. and that you shouldn't break the covenant, even though right. the Lord may have allowed a divorce decree back, mm -hmm. in, back in the Old Testament. That's that right. doesn't still give us to, uh, the right to go ahead and walk away from that because there will be repercussions after that. Even though the Lord forgives us of our sins, there's still mm -hmm. is that we have to still go through what we the mess that we've made. But, it's, but right. it's under the blood. It is under the blood. And so we thank and praise God that you brought that out. And then we like how you expounded on what are the most important things that are in a, that make up a marriage. And we had listed communication as one. And we mm -hmm. thank and praise God that great minds think alike. So we both <laughs> all agree on that. That's right. And then we had as number two, we had as that the next thing was we thought was knowledge. And mm -hmm. we said that the next thing after that, as you can see on the screen, was commitment to one another. So can you talk a little bit about um, knowledge and commitment being three of the, one of the things that make up a solid marriage as well? So we mm -hmm. talk about knowledge. We talk about knowing one another and knowing God. And we talk about mm -hmm. that commitment. We all, most of us know what commitment right. means, but how mm -hmm. does that look? Right. And, and just before you share that part, what we were talking about knowledge. Knowledge is good. The Bible say in all you're getting, you know, get an understanding. Mm -hmm. right. Knowledge puffs a person up. A lot mm -hmm. of knowledge kind of sets people and give them a big head. <laughs> the thing that works is, I believe, Mm -hmm. Is understanding. God wants us to get an understanding because you could have knowledge. And if you don't understand how that knowledge works, how that knowledge is compatible, you mm -hmm. know, that you got knowledge, you, you got a lot of information, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of information without knowing how to use information is still no good. Yes. Right. Okay. So in marriages, I believe you have to understand this don't be so quick to walk away and throw your marriage away because mm -hmm. you're not agreeing mm -hmm. don't get selfish in this thing it was good when you when the when the honey and everything was mixed <laughs> but, but what about when the trials and the tribulations come did we say that uh adversity you know depends. Mm -hmm. You know, if he faints in the day of adversity, the Bible say his strength is small. Right. Amen. Amen. So get Amen. an understanding. What do you think, Pastor? Well, you know what? Um, knowledge. Uh, knowledge is know-how. Right. Wisdom is the ability to be wise about a situation. So knowledge. So you think about knowledge. Uh, what is it about this person? Do you know or don't know, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. One, of, one of the things I, I really like, and maybe the, the audience can go get a go get the book or download it or something. Uh, it's called the Five Love Languages, right? Yes, we and, have that. Okay, so my wife and I did that 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 test, right? I was mm -hmm. like, wow, now I know more. So while knowledge is, I need to know 
really what makes her tick, what makes her happy. Because, you know, I can be driving down the street all day, but I'm going the wrong way. Oh, I have yes, a license, yes, I got right. the right car, I'm riding That's the right you. speed, and, and but I'm going the wrong direction. And so That's when I learn the knowledge, I have the knowledge of who's in the car with me, who's mm -hmm. on this journey with me, who's mm -hmm. with me. Now yes. I say, oh, wow. So now I know That's a right. little bit more. And the other side of that is, I neither one of the parties can assume what the other is thinking. That's right. So right. You, you have to say it in order for it to be said mm -hmm. and understood and followed. That's, That's knowledge. Because right. knowledge you. is an exploration or an expansion of understanding. So give me understanding about you so I know who you are. I know what you want. I know what your requirements, right? And then I can be committed, which says now that I am locked in. Right. I, I'm literally locked into this because right. I am, we've communicated this, right? Mm -hmm. I may not right. get it right the first time. Right. I, I may not get it right the second time, but right. at least tell me, reinforce me that I'm on the right path. That's right. That's great. And, and that's great. And then the audience also needs to understand the fact that once you discover something about your spouse that you wasn't looking for, but you saw it mm -hmm. and it's there and it ain't going nowhere. Mm -hmm. Once you made that commitment, your covenant says I don't, I'm not going to leave now. That's what keep marriages. Your mm -hmm. That what brings in that commitment. Your commitment. That, bring, that rolls right it, over, as right you said, there. into commitment. Right. And you talked about Absolutely. that a little bit more Absolutely. about Dr. Locklear about how does that spill right over? Not that knowledge and knowing who you're in the passenger seat with. Right. How does that actually spill over into that commitment component? Well, I, I think that one of the things we have to do communication and knowledge knowledge is also observation yes so that means that sometimes have you ever seen people that say well um sometimes they go shopping with their spouse mm -hmm. and the spouse is like wow that is really nice that is really this that's really that and what they're doing is they are putting out the knowledge mm -hmm. they walk away the commitment comes in I want to meet a need in their life. Mm -hmm. I know what they want. I know what they like. So my commitment on a different level, my commitment is I'm going to go back and get that because I know they like that. So how does that equal on a larger scheme? Mm -hmm. The commitment is no matter what happens in this marriage, okay. we're committed. We're committed. We're, we're committed to fix it. That's right. To make it happen. And mm -hmm. I like what my wife says. My wife says this. Divorce is not the option. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And so every married party have to have that's that. That's my word. It's not an yes. option. It's not an option. So if that's not an option, that means I'm committed to make it work no matter what. Regardless. How do I make it work is the question. It goes right. back to communication and mm -hmm. it goes back to knowing you. It mm -hmm. goes back to opening up because you know what, Dr. and, and Reverend Robinson? Marriage is such a vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. You are both in such a vulnerable state. Oh, man, it, we are such at a vulnerable state. The Bible says Adam was naked, his wife was naked, 
and they knew each other and they were not ashamed. Now, mm -hmm. what does he say? When he talks about being naked, that means you're vulnerable. Right. You know, let's roll out of more today. I won't it's out there. Out. It's out there. You, you, you're there, right? And right. that means you are vulnerable to this person. That's what makes the covenant strong. So great. That's right. Because I, I, I don't have no, I don't have nothing to hide from you. Right. That's, that's right. You know, so you, you can't, you can't, if you have a passcode on your phone, your spouse mm -hmm. needs to know what the passcode is. All right. right. If right. you have an email, they need to know all that. Why? Right. I have nothing to hide. Right. I, I, right. I have, there's nothing to hide. Okay. Exactly. So I, my passcode on my phone <laughs> is so just in case I lose it, nobody can use it. Right. <laughs> but my wife and my children know my passcode. That's Why? Right. Because I have nothing to hide to my family. That's Amen. what I commit. Right. That's and that's that vulnerability again. That's good. Being able to expose yourself for who you are. Here I am. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or not, this is. Oh, they like it. That's why they married it. <laughs> right. I know that. <laughs> I pray it on, Bishop. That's so anyway, you know, commitment is what keeps you. That's what we're saying, audience. Mm -hmm. It's your Absolutely. commitment to each other. Your commitment. When things get rough, you don't run because you committed. Because you're vulnerable. You know mm -hmm. each other. So why mm -hmm. go out there? and try to start all over again as old as you is your body about broke down ain't no need to starting over trying to find somebody else it's time to to stick it out get some stick to itiveness mm -hmm. to your relationship let that commitment be that glue that adhesive that you first started talking about let that be the adhesive that keeps the relationship going. That's Keep the right. fire going, right? That's Keep right. The fire going. That's right. So and what? You just you you discovered something you didn't like about the person. Well, that came with the package, my 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 brothers and sisters. Yes, and I just wanted love to, each other. And I just wanted to say, as we transition our podcast to a close here, is that we we were talking my husband and I about this topic of Christian marriage because as we were praying and preparing for tonight doctor we were saying that the people that that has that stick to itiveness in a marriage mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's oftentimes when you're going through seasons that are difficult and you're going through those storms in a marriage that those are the times that God is growing the roots deep Yes. Those are the times we talked about that lotus flower, how it grows in the mm -hmm. muck and the mire mm -hmm. and through all the, the difficult dirt, times the and, it, and it blooms out into that pink and white flower that looks like it's never been even touched. You see behind us this pink and white flower in our logo. Amen. So, it is beautiful, but there's a Amen. backstory that got it there. The manure, which is, you know what manure is, okay? Mm -hmm. The manure mm -hmm. that had to be put on that thing, it had to be trampled upon. Unless the seed fall into the ground, the Bible says, and it's trampled, and trampled upon and dies, then it's it it Okay, so in our marriages, we've got to be able to go through those seasons where things aren't so pleasant as well, and we're feeling like we're being trampled upon, and the muck and the mire and the manure is on top of us and all of that, because God is yet growing our roots deep 
in that time. It's during those times that God is working in the back scene and he's actually making us so that we can reflect the church to reflect him like like he wants us to to the church and to the world to the marketplace out here and so you got to know that god wants to take us through different seasons to test us to see if are you going to be able to stand and are you going to be able to stand through this difficult season to the degree that it's going to cost you something I didn't put you in a in a situation or in a marriage because it was going to be all a honeymoon all the time. But there's a cost to stuff that really matters. It costs you something, doesn't it, Doctor? Yes, yes. To be married thirty five, I heard you long years. Yeah. It wasn't mm-hmm. all roses, but That's it was right. roses because you were committed. You That's had right. love. Yeah. You loved yeah. the Lord first and Mm -hmm. foremost and then you love your wife as the lord loves the church amen so give us your closing thoughts there there is something else i wanted him to expound on i wanted him to expound on first of all what we just shared about being able to stick through that stuff because the world is so quick and even the church so quick to break that covenant and move on there's over 50% of people in the church that are experiencing divorces right Christian, now. Christian, And I, even pastors. Yeah. So oh, I want yes. you to expound yeah. a little bit on that. And then after you expound on that, then we're going to go ahead and transition down to that other uh, final thought that we have about the church's pattern after marriage. Amen. Okay. Um, in reference to, i make sure I got it right because it was, couple questions right uh-huh. now. Yes. But um, to make sure we understand, you have to find what was it that brought you together? I, I mentioned early on the law of first cause. Mm-hmm. There was a reason you married this person. There was a reason that you fell in love with this person. There's a reason that person met a need in your life, right? And so you got to go back. What was that need? We all either gained weight, lost hair, changed. Mm-hmm right all those things took place <laughs> all that took place right that's but, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right all that took place however again you don't trade in what's working for something that you are unsure of but right when you go out and get a new marriage it may be all peaches and cream for the first year mm-hmm. give it 10 years you're going to be right back where you were. That's right. There's a saying, why are you saying that? You know what you got, but you don't know what you're going to get. Okay. You don't know. Stick with what you got, what God has blessed you with. You right. know and, and work it out. I, again, I can't help but say this. What's on the table? Mm-hmm. What did you bring to the table? What did you bring to the table? What did you bring to the table? because we all brought something to the table. And sometimes we start taking pieces off of the table and hiding them. We move it. But when we go back to what's on the table, that's what we brought into the marriage. And we're building that together. You have to build the dream. You know what I tell my wife often, I said, I I wanna see the day one day when we're sitting on the front porch in our rocking chairs and (laughs) just start talking about what it used to be and then we'll probably forget what we're talking about and just laugh right. about what right. we're not remembering, you know? But right. all we know is we remember that 
we had a commitment to each other and that was that we were going to stay here and stick it out so it's best i want to say this before we go to the other part you know rev robinson said something about stick to itness again you don't know what you'll get but you know what you have that's right and you'd rather keep what you have than go get something that's uncertain that's right and that's everything right. that glitters not gold not gold that's right thank and you everything sir. that shines is not the sun <laughs> say that again right. say that point everything what you just say <laughs> everything that glitters is not gold and everything that shines is not the sun that's the part i wanted i heard the part but everything i'm gonna say that right. everything that shines is not the sun, not the sun. now that no. is a, a word for that's someone right. tonight Amen. that gravitates toward Amen. things that are shining because that shining is trying to attract you to it okay so as we transition to a close we wanted to expound a little bit on the church's pattern after marriage can you tell us a little bit about what you would say that means in a godly marriage okay um again i would ask the question with that um with that um subject there the church pattern after marriage First of all, we have to come to the conclusion that the church is made up of individuals. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about a structured building. I'm not talking about glass stained windows. I'm not talking about steeples. I'm not talking about big altars and loud bands. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the individual. That individual makes up the collective body that's called the church. It's like what we talked about earlier where two become one and how you're fitting in. So if the church is patterned after marriage, it's the individual that's committed to the church. A lot of things that people call into the church today is not the church. Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church, my establishment, my will. And so with us being the church, we have to go back to what the scripture says. And what does the scripture says? The church is supposed to be after Christ. Here it is. He says concerning the church, Jesus to establish his church, he says he endured the cross, despising the shame. And uh, he sat down now at the right hand of the father. What do you mean, Lord? He went through. He endured the shame. He endured the hard times. He endured the disappointment. He endured the unbelief so he could establish the church. We as the, we as the church and we as members of the married community, we must pattern our marriage like the church in a way of holiness. The church should be patterning after marriage, which means we are committed we're committed to one another. We are committed to who we are and the will of God. When we get committed to that, that's where two becomes one. That's where the church can look at the marriage of holiness and the, the marriage can look at the church as a means of holiness, as a means of righteousness, because we can't have a, a right marriage without the church, because the church is, is, is older than 2000 years old, 2020 years old. That's the church of the wilderness as well. So the pattern that was found in the Old Testament with the Bible says was a shadow of good things to come. He gave us a shadow, but then the real thing came. 
So the next time that you want to eat a real steak, eat the steak and not the shadow of the steak. You don't get full <laughs> of the shadow. You get full of the steak. Amen. 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 Thank you, Amen. Thank you well, so we much. We wanted to let you know yes. that this has been a rich discussion on the topic of Christian marriage. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before we transition to a close and we'll ask that you would close us out in prayer? Okay. Only thing I would say is, you know, if there's a struggle in the marriage, find counsel. The Bible says that in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. safety. And find someone who's not taking sides. Find someone who is unbiased. Find someone who is neutral that will hear the entire thing and won't cast blame on one another. And That's when you have come through the council, or while you're going through counseling, while you're communicating, don't keep holding it up in front of the person's face. If you're going to forgive them, I heard Dr. Robinson say it's under blood. So if you're going to forgive, please forgive. And mm -hmm. don't walk on eggshells in the relationship. That's all right. Good. Don't walk Thank on eggshells. All right. You. Pray together. Get back to praying together. Get back to fasting. Get back to worship. Get back to reading the Bible together. Sometimes mm -hmm. he'll read to you. Sometimes you read to him. But mm -hmm. always read to the children. Right. Amen. Thank Amen. You. You're Amen. such a wise man. Thank you so much. I really love your wisdom. And I love the way the Lord allows you to really be able to expound upon what you're saying and make it palatable for all of us to be able to receive. You know, there was a great man of God that was teaching at the Apex School of Theology. He talked about, um, and you might have heard this, he talked about deer meat. That is his mama, she was trying to feed them some deer meat. And they didn't like that deer meat. It was so nasty Ugh, and bitter. Well, some people like it. I'm not knocking those that love it. But he said, they didn't like it. So she said, mama had to find a way to make that palatable. So what she did is she went back there and she cooked it up with some onion and some gravy, put some potatoes in there and some carrots and, and all of that and mixed it all together. And it was smelling so good. And then she made a little <laughs> rice and she put that stuff over a bed of rice and they just ate it all up. It was all eight of them and the daddy and mama. And when they uh -huh. ate it, they said, mama, mama, what was that we just ate? And she said, you won't believe me. She said, that was that deer meat. And they were saying, <laughs> what? And oh, they, they did not know that that was deer meat because she had fixed it in such a way that it was palatable. And that is what you've done for us this evening, Thank doctor. You, you have made this such a, you have put this in such a way that it's palatable for our right. podcast listening audience. Our aim is to educate, empower, power. and equip That's our right. listening audience That's with right. spiritually uplifting topics. And you have an uplifted people's spirits today. People Thank are listening you. today. Thousands of people listen to this podcast across the United States and into other countries. And they will listen not only tonight, but next month, the month after, and into the years to come, because this wow. will be aired on this podcast right. into infinity. That's right. So I want you to know that you have touched many, many, many souls tonight and Amen. those that are unsaved. Thank you so much. Yes. We Amen. sincerely Thank appreciate you. what Thank you have you. given out from yes. your spirit. Thank you. This Thank y'all for having me. It's in the cloud now. It's would you like cloud. to? Would you like to have any last minute 
words with us before we ask that you would close us in prayer and would you like to have any last minute thoughts as well Bishop. Okay. Bishop. Uh, again thank you for allowing me to come um and having uh, a platform here with you all um i just hope that i was a blessing to the people of god and whoever's out there that's struggling in your marriage just hang in there it'll get better you know clouds don't always stay around the sun will shine again every valley has a mountain and every mountain has a valley so wherever you are just know you're coming out of it amen amen and know this you don't have no problem all you need is faith in god and god will see your marriage through so we thank you for joining us on the lotus flower podcast this evening and we it's our prayer and our desire that we have touched someone the hope is having only positive expectations and that's what we have for you our listening audience and so we hope that you have been encouraged enlightened that you have been given some more understanding as to how to continue to fight for your marriage amen and remember this that as the family goes so goes your society so keep loving each other keep loving each other amen and you will be blessed amen 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 Amen. and we want to thank your wife for joining us as well we know she's listening out there (laughs) a shout out lady god bless you amen marvelous husband a man of god and we truly appreciate him being on on our show this evening on this podcast and you be richly blessed today amen Amen. dr locklear would you close us in prayer this evening i'll be more than happy to let us pray kind father in the name of the lord jesus we just thank you for this opportunity we thank you for your gift you've given unto us we thank you for the gift of wisdom the gift of knowledge and understanding and prudence lord father in jesus name whoever it is that's listening at this moment at this time lord wherever the struggle is in their marriage god in their mind god some are feeling hopeless some are feeling like this is it this is the end god we stand together you said where two or three are gathered in your name that you're in the midst And so, Father, we rebuke the spirit of the enemy that causes destructions in marriage and in the family unit. God, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would help them, help them to find a godly church that would teach them the word of God, that would teach them the right ways, oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, give them a renewing of their spirit in their life. Fill them with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Give them a mind to be buried in your name. We just thank you. And have thine own way in their lives. Keep them, Lord, and take out all destruction. Rebuke the spirit of the enemy that will cause a third party to come into their marriage. Yes, Lord. God, keep them in hard times, in good times, in difficult times. Help them to stand together in all times. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And Bishop, how can our podcast audience get and contact with you and how can they follow you on uh, Facebook and your social media channels? 
Amen. Um, I am um, on Facebook under um, Bishop or Dr. Robert Locklear, and you can find me there, or you can find me on, um, uh, I'm on YouTube just a little bit, but maybe I'm, I'll go more on YouTube later on, but I'm on YouTube as well, okay. under Bishop Robert Locklear. Um, there's a, a number there. You can find us on our church, which is www.newbirth1.org. Um, and you can find us on there as well. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much once again for being our guest this evening. And know that there's always a seat of welcome awaiting you on the Lotus Flower <laughs> podcast. Amen. All right. Have God evening. bless you all. Love you. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. What a word. What a word. What a word from Bishop Dr. Robert, Robert Locklear. Locklear We've spoke this evening about Christian marriage and what it means to be in a Christian marriage. Dr. Locklear expounded on what it means to be in a covenant, not only in our marriage, but in a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. He expounded on what are the three most important parts of the marriage. And when he said that, what are the three most important parts? He said communication. Didn't he say? Communication, the most finances, and, and knowledge. Yeah. However, communication, and, he said, was the most important part. And intimacy. And intimacy. And we thank the Lord for that. We thank God that he also expounded on what it means to have a relationship with the Lord first and foremost. And then after you had that relationship with the Lord, then you are to move on to have a relationship with your husband and with your wife. And he spoke about the importance of the man speaking into his wife's life, speaking into her psyche and being there for her. He spoke about not giving up, especially when the storms of life come, don't give up. He also spoke about what are the roles of a man in marriage right. and what are the roles of a woman in marriage. And Dr. Locklear closed us out this evening with talking about the church's pattern after marriage. That's right. And it was a rich discussion that we invite you to go back and listen to once again and ask the Lord, what is it that you're saying to me through this podcast episode this evening? What are you saying? And if you didn't have a chance to listen to it at all, we invite you to go ahead and listen and share this podcast episode because you'll be blessed. You will be blessed. Once again, we thank our thank guest, Dr. Robert Locklear, yes. for joining us tonight. Yes. May God richly bless him for his labor of love. And we here at the Lotus Flower Podcast thank our guest, you, our listening audience for being a part of the Lotus Flower Podcast. Thank we you. want you to know that this evening, our podcast episode season nine, season two, episode nine is being sponsored by none other than Cali Beauty Supply here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Right. It's being sponsored by Rock Dimensional Consultants, LLC, with Dr. Keitra Davenport King. And it's also being sponsored by Jasmine Fund Fashions, as well as Tai O Agenity 
with He Rangs Magazine in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Be sure to go out and purchase products from our sponsors and support them as they have supported the Lotus Flower Podcast. And now we would like to have a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a friendly place to purchase your beauty supplies and hair supplies for the entire family? Well, you found the right place. Cali Beauty Supply, located at 1614 West Main Street in Kalamazoo, Michigan. They offer outstanding customer service and believe deeply in giving back to their community. Mo El Katabi is the owner. Customers can shop in the store or online. Curbside pickup is also available. They also have a full service salon inside of the business called Stephanie Renee Salon. Be sure to check them out as well. You may reach the store for your online purchases via their website at www.calibeauty.com. Their hours of operation are Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. The business prides itself with the following motto, where beauty gets done. Are you looking for unique, fun, fashionable clothing at a fraction of the cost? Then you've got to check out Jasmine's Fun Fashions. Jasmine's Fun Fashions is a locally owned mother-daughter consignment boutique located in the beautiful town of Morganton, North Carolina. They have over 14 years of consignment, fashion apparel purchase, and retail experience and pride themselves in providing excellent customer service as well as establishing long-lasting friendships with consigners and customers. Reach out and shop with them online via their website jazzybiz24.7 at gmail.com. However, if you're ever in the Morganton, North Carolina area, be sure to stop in the store, which is located at 304 Burkemount Avenue in Morganton, North Carolina, 28655. You may also call the store to inquire about merchandise at 828 828- 544-5187. Their hours of operation are Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They serve their customers with the motto of excellent customer service and friendship. 
Be sure to contact Rock Dimensional Consulting, LLC, where Dr. Keitra L. Davenport King is the proprietor and business consultant. Located in the beautiful Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area, her services are available nationwide online. The Rock Dimensional Consulting, LLC firm's mission is to build businesses on a solid foundation and equip leaders. RDC helps business leaders solve complex business problems, improve efficiency, empower teams, and implement long-term sustainable improvements. The hours of operation are 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. You may contact Dr. Davenport King via phone at 940-227-1615. The website is at www.lifeafterag.org and email them at rockdimensionalconsulting at gmail.com. Dr. Keetra Davenport King's business prides herself on the following motto, building businesses on a solid foundation.